our order of services in with one voice. We'll keep that in mind as we move along. I'll keep that in mind right now. I'll get this uh, yeah, on page uh, 46. And we begin. And, uh, and we begin with the um, gathering song, hymn 779. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. You, um, the word is near you. On your lips. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes to the word of Christ.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. We pray. Almighty God, our Redeemer, in our weakness we have failed to be messengers of forgiveness and hope in the world. Renew us by your Holy Spirit that we may follow your commands and proclaim your reign of love through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading. Good morning. The first reading is from the 37th chapter of Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and as I was commanded, and I was prophesying, and there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy, prophecy to the breath, prophecy, son of the man, son of, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says Come breath from the four winds and breathe into the slain and that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them they came to life and stood upon their feet a vast army then he said to me son of man these bones are people of Israel they say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone we are cut off. Therefore, prophecy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I opened your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and that I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. We will now sing Psalm 130 responsibly with the Chancellor.
out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The second reading is from the eighth chapter of Romans. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind, their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, 
then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Glory Glory to you, o Lord. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Um, and this, this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters went, uh, sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there uh, where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, The Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus, has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him. The disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 
Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary at the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could he not? Could he? Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the womb, a tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you? that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the hymn of the day, hymn 702.
God's grace, His mercy, and His peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What an interesting set of readings we have for today. And I'm not, I don't think I'll miss my guess if, it, if I, we talk about life and death, perhaps, a little bit. And uh, I, I think what we need to understand when we kind of look from the top into, into the, the contexts of what has, uh, has part, partaken in the, um, in the readings, what has come about in the readings, is, the, is that, uh, you know, for, for, for God, uh, life and death is, is um, well, it, it's, it's, it's really... It's really just an idea, uh, and it's an idea that, that uh, causes us in our lives a lot of, uh, well, stumbling and pain and hardship because uh, just like Mary and Martha, uh, we'll go up to Jesus and say, uh, Lord, I know uh, that you are the Son of God and that, you know, this life and death thing is, uh, it, but, uh, you know... Um, could we stay alive, you know, a lot longer? Could we not have pain? Could we not have loved ones die? Could we not have all of this? And then you've got people in the background, yes, yes. Well, if he was, you know, uh, really God, uh, he could have stopped all of this stuff. He could have stopped tornadoes and earthquakes and wars and all of this. God could have stopped this. Why? Well, because life is everything and death is the end. And Jesus is saying, and you can see it. Jesus looks at the people and, and he's telling them things that obviously they can't understand. And, and it happens time and time again in these lessons. Lazarus is asleep. What's that to Jesus? Lazarus is asleep. Nothing. But the disciples, well, shouldn't he sleep longer? Because then he'll get better. And really, that's the goal, isn't it? Once again, Jesus, you don't understand. Lazarus is dead. Oh, well, then it's all over. You see, that's what we say, don't we? It's all over. And it happens in, in, I mean, in all kinds of places. Even in the church. The churches close their doors because they say it's all over. Hmm. It's not all over. It's never all over. Because who do we have as our God? A God who can bring a man out into the wilderness because he knows that this man has to do some things that go way beyond his frame of reference. Right? I mean, if you've ever heard of anything, if you've ever been offered to do anything beyond your frame of reference, you know, I guess if you're, if you're dumb or if you're ambitious, you might go, oh yeah, I can do that. And then walk away going, oh, I can't, there's no way, no way. They're stupid for even asking me. And we can even feel 
that way before God. Because God says, go and do something, and we go, oh, no, God. Are we alone? No. Moses was, was one of the shining stars of, I ain't going to do it. I can't do it. God says, all right, well, let me send your brother along with you. How about your sister? You want, how about that? No, I still don't want to. Do, no, Moses, this is, look, here's the plan. And you're going to go. And that's the way it is. That's all there is to it. And somehow, Moses did. But then what happened in the end? Moses just got tired. And God said, all right, Moses, it's time to come home. Well, wait a minute. Home is in Jerusalem. You see, we're having the same kind of this discussion. This is where home is. Home is here on earth. <clears throat> that's not where home is not where home is. Home is where we are stowed away from all this pain and hardship that seems to get in our way. It blinds us. Jesus talked about that with his disciples. Good heavens. You know, well, why are you going back to Jerusalem? Don't you know there's people gunning for you there? Hadn't you realized this? And then Jesus says, well, you know, if you walk by the light, you won't stumble. If you don't, if you walk in the dark, you... what's he saying? What's he... Do you get what he's saying? Yeah, I do. Jesus knows what's going on 100% of the time. God knows what's going on all the time. He knows. And so he walks in the light because he knows they're coming for him. So what does he do? Well, it's not time yet, so... You're just going to have to stand right there, and I'm going to walk right through the crowd. Just make, make some space. There we go. Nice. All right, now just stand right there. And he walks right through. He doesn't run. He walks because he sees, he knows, he has all the power. And then afterwards, they go, well, wait a minute. Weren't we going to throw him off the cliff? What? Why didn't He passed right by you. Why didn't you grab him? I don't know. I I don't know. I just don't know. And this is, this is us, Mary and Martha, coming to Jesus. Lord, if you'd have been here, Lazarus wouldn't have. But now that he's dead, somehow he can't cross back over. That's just kind of gross, right? Removing a stump. He's gonna, there's going to be an odor, Lord. You should know things like this. And Jesus keeps going, don't you guys ever listen. Listen to me. No, they can't. Neither can we obey the law. We always seem to mess it up. You see, the law sits there, and it's perfect. The law is there. It's God's law. It's not... Eh, 35 miles an hour. I can do 40. I can get away with 40. 40 miles an hour is all right. Yeah, but the law says 35. So if the knucklehead pulls you over, you know the one with the one bullet in his pocket? You see how that, you see how that works? It's kind of like, oh, there's a bunch of rules and regulations. Let's see which ones we can break because we know that all of these rules are nonsense. Now you know what we have? We have a lot of people who have basically 
cashed out of all the rules. Right? Don't we? Look in school. Kids, now at my age, when I went to school, did I do everything I was supposed to do? Yes. Oh, so you don't believe me. No, I didn't do everything I was supposed to do. But now, guess what you got? You got kids who say, I know I should be doing this and this and this, but I can't even be bothered. Right? I can't be bothered obeying traffic rules. I can't be bothered getting a job. I can't be bothered respecting other people. I won't respect. You better respect me because I got something in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? But the law remains. No matter what kind of attitudes we have, whether it's an attitude of defeat or an attitude of, I'm trying, but I just can't do it. I keep messing up. The law is there. It says, and it's encapsulated into, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. We've already messed up there. Love your neighbor as yourself. Holy cow, that's, just, that's the coup de gras right there. That's it. We're dead. No, we're not dead. We're walking around. Forget, you forget. With God, death, life, it's a whole different concept. God has control over all of it. Now, lest you think that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was a simple thing for God, it's not. But there's no one else in this world, no one else who has ever existed who could keep the law straight up and down the way Jesus did. That's what his life was all about. And then he suffered and died. The wages of sin is death, but Jesus had no sin, yet he died. Now, if your head's swimming, I don't think it is. I think, you know, if you're familiar enough and you've heard all of this stuff, I, I think you've got some bones upon which to hang that meat. You, you get the, going all the way back to the wilderness, all the bones, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is important for us because the more we learn about how God thinks, the, the better off we are. What, does that mean we can obey better? No, no. We're going to keep messing up, and the law is going to keep, you can do it, you can, oh, you can, oh, you can do, oh. But the law is going to stand there, and it's going to wish that we would all get ourselves together and in gear. And God's law isn't silly rules and regulations. There's always reasons for God telling us to do certain things. But you know, we can't be bothered. Instead, what do we do? We make up more rules. And, and you see, that's where we get in trouble right? The rule that I used to love the most was when my parent, I think it was mostly my mom, would say, don't do that. Why, mom? That's right, because I said so. See, I knew it. Everybody knows this rule. It's the most silly rule 
And it comes about because mom doesn't know what to say because mom is just as messed up as far as those rules as, you know. I mean, she knows that you're not supposed to be doing that, but, you know. And you get in these awkward conversations where kids say, Mom, Dad, you have done these things. But the law is important, and it is there. And no matter how much of a shambles we make out of it, or no matter how much we decide that we are going to exclude ourselves from this silly law or that silly law, God stands there and goes, I've got a solution for this. And he always did have a solution for that. And that is Jesus coming here and putting up with us, and you can see. I mean, if all you look at it, it's like Jesus going, how long do I have to put up with you guys? Well, can, can you just tell us, Lord, tell us about this and tell us about that? You, don't, you wouldn't understand. I tell you about earthly things, and you don't get it. You just don't get it. And we keep just not getting it. Well, at least we can work ourselves up to believing in Jesus. No, we don't even get that because God is the one who gives us the Spirit. You see, remember back in the wilderness where God brings, brings the, the prophet, who is it, Elijah? He brings the prophet, um, got to turn another page, Ezekiel. He brings the prophet Ezekiel into the wilderness and he tells them, um, look, I want you to, can these bones live? Uh, only you know, Lord, only you know, right? Um, just, like, uh, just like the Mary and Martha thing. Um, Jesus questions, uh, Jesus, Jesus questions, uh, uh, questions Mary and Martha, and they sort of come out, um, they sort of come out, you know, with in, in the same, in the same way. It's kind of like, uh, don't you believe in me? Yeah, I do. Uh, but as far as this other stuff, you know, oh no, we believe that you're the one who came into the world, but we don't know so much about, you know, that. Yes, we believe in you, but we withhold the right to reserve our opinion. Because when Jesus asks them one question, don't you believe that I am the life? I am the, well, I believe that you're the Messiah who came into the world. That's not the answer that I was looking for. I'll take it. But that's not the answer. And what I'm going to do also is I'm going to give you my spirit because you keep asking, answering questions that I'm not asking. And by the way, I keep telling you stuff that you're not looking for, right? Like, you know, wait a minute, uh, Lazarus is dead. Why, why are we going over there? Um, Didymus, dynamite, because he was a big guy and he probably was loud. And he went, what are you talking about? You know, but he made the announcement. All right, if Jesus wants to go 
back to Judea, back to Jerusalem. We're going to go and die there with them. And, and I mean, that's, just think about that. What a, what, a, what a bold statement that was. We're going into the teeth of death. We're following Jesus into death because we know that he's not the favorite person over in Jerusalem. But Jesus knew everything. And what does it matter? What does it matter whether this disciple dies or not? <gasps> Our beloved disciples? What about us? If he does this to his disciples, what will he do to us? Once again, we fear death too much. Once again, we say, I believe in God the Father I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. But this death thing, this uh, you know, disease thing, or this, or this world, or war, or the weather, all of these things, I don't know about that. I feel kind of you know, out there um, vulnerable to all of this. And God says, why do you not understand that I know everything? Do you not understand that Jesus came, suffered, and died? Yes, God himself included death in his repertoire. Is there anything that God cannot do? And the answer is no. Yeah, but... No. Yeah, but no. You know why? Because he said so. There. <laughs> Only he can get away with that. Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. And so we come here and we see that God can, whether it's bones I mean, in the beginning, Adam and Eve, what did God use? Did he have bones on the ground? No, he simply spoke the words. And dust was formed. And can he not do the bone thing? Can he not do all of these? And, and yeah, I know, I'm thinking that, I'm thinking, well, okay, so they, they were slain. So there must have been a really wicked battle there and lots of stink and, and lots of all the stuff that happens there. And now they all get connected back and each bone to its own bone. Uh, not like, uh, uh, that just broke my heart when, uh, when these uh, archaeologists or paleontologists uh, made a dinosaur that became my favorite dinosaur. You remember the... The brontosaurus, I love the brontosaurus. But the brontosaurus was, it, it never happened. That broke my heart as a kid. Now it's the brachiosaurus, you know, with the thing on the, you know, the mohawk on the top and all that. It's a big dinosaur too, but it didn't have the gentle face of the brontosaurus and all that stuff. They just threw some bones together. And proclaim that this was, well, God doesn't do this. 
He knows exactly what belongs where. He knows exactly, it, you know, I mean, what's it to us if he says, you know, that hair right there, that one right there, you know, that one. No, I can't. I don't know what I got. You know, I no, I don't know. Well, this hair belongs on the floor. And God knows all of this stuff. And we don't even care about it. It would be ridiculous. What, Lord, this hair belongs on. Okay, fine. If you don't have a lot of hair, that might be a bigger issue for you. But all of this stuff happens, and God's aware of each and every one of them. A sparrow falls from the sky. God's aware of it. Every little thing God is aware of. Every breath we take, God is aware. God is aware when Lazarus died. God was aware of all those bones sitting in the desert, and he waited until that time before Ezekiel would go out there, and he told Ezekiel, preach to the bones, and Ezekiel's going, I just, I'm not. You know, if you go to one of those seminars and you do these role plays, oh my God, just cash me out right now. I can't stand role plays. I can't. And here Ezekiel, preach to the bones. Okay. I'll preach to the bones. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel really stupid, God. All of these thoughts and understand, all of these things are a part of who we are. And yet God says, you are my child. You are my beloved you are my creation. I died for you, and I live for you, and you live for me. I've given you the Holy Spirit so that you can live, and the Holy Spirit can maintain that life in you, and you will, no matter how well you obey or how well you do not obey, that doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change the law. It doesn't change that God is forgiving, merciful, all of these things. And God gives himself to us, his body and his blood, for us to consume. Why? So that when it goes into us, we have some sort of a mental picture of Christ for us. And we need that. Does God need to give us that imagery? No, not really. But yes, He does for us. And He did a lot of things so that we could see His power. Ezekiel. He worked through Ezekiel. Ezekiel, preach. Ezekiel said, yes, sir. No matter what thoughts and uh, apprehensions he had, he preached and the bones came together. And then and Ezekiel said, you know, God is really powerful, i got to say. Mary and Martha, God is really powerful, i got to say. Pharisees and Sadducees, oh, God's really powerful, i got to say. Maybe not God, but this, this person. This, he keeps doing stuff, and we, can't, and we can't win an argument with him. And he keeps to, hello? Why don't you listen to him, what he has to say? Thank God that we have an opportunity to hear about his power. 
and that He confronts us with that power. And we, with all of the, I don't know what I'm going to do today. And even younger kids, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. God, help me. Gladly. Does that, is that still a big struggle? I don't know. Do you remember? You know, it took me, what, how old was I? How, let's see, what the year was. Like 58 until I became a police chaplain? Man, I am slow. Really slow. But hey, I got there eventually. And God will help us to get where we need to be. If, if it's right or right now or eventually, God knows all things, and He knows. Just listen to Him and ask Him, and He will answer. Because does He hear your prayer? Yes, He does. Even if it, the answer is not right away, He hears. And about this death thing. I know, it sounds really weird to say, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about death, right? And we have all this, we can sing the song, you know, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where's your victory? Uh, but we're thinking, yeah, you know, that's pretty final. That's it. Uh, it's over. And yet, here we have God putting bones together, and here we have God raising people from the dead, and and now I'm starting to feel sorry for Lazarus because guess what Lazarus had to do again? Yeah. Yeah. Poor Lazarus. He came back to life and, and the Pharisees and Sadducees, they wanted to kill him. Why? Because he once was dead and now he's alive and we want him dead again because the more he walks around and the more he says, says stuff, it really hurts our chances of winning this this public battle of who's the, who's the best, me or Jesus. And that battle seems to still be raging. But we all know, I hope and I pray that we all know, that Jesus is the best and God is the best. And really, there's no second place. There's no one anywhere close. Thanks be to God that we can rest and feel secure in Him. Even when it comes to death, God has that handled. And He uses it as His own tool to translate us from this painful, sinful world up to where He is, where there is no pain, no, no sin, no heartache, and all pure joy. And that's hard to understand, too. But that's what God promises. And by golly, that's what's going to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. We continue with the choir anthem, Turn My Heart, O God.
deep prayer. We, we rise in response to the word. In Christ you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and died in his bed. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the last. Amen. Build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, and therefore let us be reconciled to God and to one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. In your compassion, forgive us of our sins. Known and unknown, things not enough and undone. Uphold us by your Spirit, so that we may live and serve you in the truth of life. To the honor and glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all the goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Sisters and brothers, rejoice, mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, live in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Gracious God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, you call us from death to life, from silence to speech, from idleness to action. With these gifts, we offer ourselves to you, and with the church through all the ages, we give thanks for your saving love. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, you raised your Son and sent your Spirit. Sustain us while we await Christ's attention to our present needs. Give strength to our prayers, heal our weaknesses, and restore all our losses. Give us faith throughout our days in Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, breathe your life into your church that she may stand by your strength and live according to your word. 
Lay your hand on men of every era to proclaim your word and to bring life to the downtrodden, faithless, the fearful, and the outcast. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you have visited your creation in your Son. Grant that our homes would always receive him and that husbands and wives and brothers and sisters would rejoice to hear his promises, uh, steadfastly believing them and ever living in their light. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of all, you are the true source of life, which you give through the power of your Holy Spirit. Humble those who are, in, who are given authority over the lives of our people, that they would discharge this duty honorably in accordance with your will. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, the ones you love are ill and need your holy care, um, especially Lorna Bettesworth, uh, who has an upcoming uh, knee replacement surgery. And all of those people in our bulletins that we have before, our, before us um, day and night and weekly, um, make haste to help all of them and spare their lives. On the last day, call them from their graves and unite them to you and to all your saints. Lord, in your mercy, yeah. Holy Father, in baptism you have given the new birth of water and the Spirit. Make your children strong in your spirit that they may shun the works of the flesh and live in this world expecting the resurrection and the life of the world to come. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. We continue with the sending song. Please be seated.
right, before we do the dismissal, do we have announcements? Choir meets at 8 o'clock Sunday. Choir. Yeah. What a prayer. It's a nice prayer, that, that song. I kept listening to it and fit uh, really well today. Um, any other announcements? We have not yet. We have uh, refreshments uh, there, and we have Bible study back here. And uh, I think that's it. We have announcements about lilies, um, Easter lilies. It's almost Easter. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's it's going fast. Um, all right. Let's rise and do the uh, mission statement. As believers in Christ, St. Stephen Church is committed to serving God by sharing the news of Christ with all people. Go in peace, serve the Lord.